Well, before we begin our Torah study this morning, let's take a moment to pray. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam asher kidshenu b'mitzvotah v'tivanu la'asok b'divrei Torah. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. This Shabbat, we're completing the first 40 days of 2024. And if you're still alive, congratulations, you've made it through 40 days. And if you want to keep going, you know one of my favorite Hebrew words, Kadima. Kadima, forward, charge, let's go. It's good for us during this time to take note of blessings and breakthroughs that we've experienced. I know several of you have gotten new jobs. Several of you have gotten new clients. Some of you have new homes. And some have experienced healings and more. And so I encourage you, if you've experienced something good, tell others what the Lord has done for you. The next 40 days will take us through Purim and then the first day of spring. So let's be strong in our hope and in our faith and in our confidence in God. I want to talk to you this morning about breakthroughs. I've been thinking about different kinds of breakthroughs. Some are like Passover and some are like Purim. The Passover exodus took Israel out of Egypt and away from Israel's enemies. The Purim breakthrough kept Israel in Persia and took away the enemy. So Exodus is a victory by going out, and Purim is a victory by staying put. There are different kinds of breakthroughs. Now, if you're one of the people that always likes to run when things get tough, you may identify with Exodus more easily. And if you're the kind of person that wants to tough it out, Purim may be your favorite holiday. But I want to tell you that we learn to celebrate all these different kinds of holidays so that we are exposed to and can embrace different ways that God works. There may be a time when God wants you to stay put and let you see victory where you are. There may be a time where he wants you to move into a new situation. I've also been thinking about other kinds of breakthroughs. Some come suddenly, and some breakthroughs come over time. Isaiah 29, verses 5 and 6, give a powerful, a short picture of a sudden breakthrough. Verse 5, but your many enemies will become like fine dust, the ruthless hordes like blown chaff. Suddenly, in an instant, the Lord Almighty will come with thunder and earthquakes and great noise with windstorms and tempest and flames of a devouring fire. Acts 2, verses 1 through 3, describes another sudden breakthrough in Jerusalem where the disciples of Yeshua were celebrating Shavuot after Yeshua had returned to heaven. Acts 2, verse 1 says, When Yom Shavuot, the day of Shavuot, came, the disciples were all together in one place suddenly. Say that word with me. Suddenly. Suddenly, 
A sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Verse 3, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The Red Sea miracle was another example of a sudden breakthrough. And there may be many other examples that come to your mind about sudden breakthroughs. This week's Torah portion also describes another kind of breakthrough. It's not sudden. It's the victory that comes little by little, step by step. So let's just say little by little, little by little. In Exodus 23, verses 29 and 30, the Lord is explaining something to the children of Israel in anticipation of them going into the promised land and that all the nations that are there are not just going to disappear. They're not just going to be pushed out. Verse 29, I will not drive them out, the Lord says. I will not drive them out from before you in one year or the land would become desolate and the beasts of the field would become too numerous for you. Verse 30, little by little. Let's say that together. Little by little, I will drive them out from before you until you have increased and you inherit the land. Now in this biblical Hebrew, little by little is ma'at, ma'at. Say that with me, ma'at, ma'at. It's one of my favorite Hebrew phrases, kadima, of course, and ma'at, ma'at. I've got others too, but whenever we come across this phrase, ma'at, ma'at, I always take it to heart. It's a little different than modern Hebrew in how you would say it in modern Hebrew, but it's, it stands out. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 22, adds some detail the Lord your God will drive those nations out ahead of you, ma'at, ma'at, little by little. You will not clear them away all at once, otherwise the wild animals would multiply too quickly for you. So Mishpachah, God has different ways of working, and that's important for us when we are in need of a breakthrough. It can help us when we're praying for breakthroughs because we need discernment. Will our breakthrough come suddenly? Will it come little by little? That's something we can ask the Lord about and we can discover and take note of. And either way, whether it's sudden and all at once or whether it's little by little, we want to stand firm. We want to continue with hope. We want to grow in faith and we want to continue with confidence in the Lord. In fact, I think during the course of life, we will experience a variety of kinds of breakthroughs. Some will come suddenly, some will come little by little, some will be like Passover, some will be like Purim. We want to value all the blessings and breakthroughs. Our Jewish holidays celebrate all kinds of breakthroughs so that we could learn to experience and recognize and value all the different ways that God can work. 
So what do we do? I think it's important for us to be thankful. You can thank the Lord for the little. I want to underline that. You can say, Lord, thank you. I got an interview for a job. Thank you, Lord. I got a job offer. Thank you, Lord. I accepted the job. Thank you, Lord, for the new opportunity. Little by little, step by step, you can thank the Lord. You can be thankful at the start. You can be thankful when news first comes. We don't always have to wait until everything is finished. There are some times when you know you've got to wait before you can tell other people. But you don't have to always wait about everything. Step by step, little by little, we can be grateful. And I like the prophetic word that Zechariah had in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 10. Do not despise the day of small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. That's really important. Do not despise the day of small beginnings because the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. And I think it's important for us to have the same attitude. So when we see something that's beginning, we can rejoice. Now, of course, we don't want just the beginning. You want the beginning, the middle, you want the whole thing, right? But it's important to rejoice and to recognize even the beginning. Now, Yeshua taught that faithfulness with a little is really important. You could say it this way. It's a big deal to be faithful with a little. The parable of the talents of gold is just one example of Yeshua's teachings about the importance of faithfulness. And he tells this parable. If you're not familiar with it, you can read it in Matthew chapter 25. I just want to pick out two verses starting in verse 22, Matthew 25, verse 22. The man with the two talents also came and said, Master, you entrusted me with two talents, and these are coins of value. And he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. <clears throat> come, come and share your master's happiness. Faithful with a few, faithful with a little. That's what Yeshua is talking about. And what does faithfulness mean in this particular case? It means bringing increase. Faithful with a little, Yeshua is teaching us, means that we will be given more responsibility. Faithful with a little can also mean faithful with a small thing, faithful with a little or a few, faithful in little things, then given big things. This is important. It really can help us. And the attitude can also shape how we pray about our own needs. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 9 captures this, this attitude so well. Don't be anxious about anything, 
Instead, pray about everything. Or in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. I want to underline that. With thanksgiving. If you're taking notes, take a note on that one. With thanksgiving. Present your requests to God. Many people pray with complaining. Many people pray with uh, fetching, Jewish complaining. That's not what stirs the Lord. Thanksgiving is so important. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the shalom of God, the peace that God has, which transcends all your understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Messiah Yeshua. will protect your feelings, your emotions, and the way you think and how you see things. Verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. So we're taught here to mix thanksgiving with our prayer. And there are times when we need breakthroughs. And a healthy way to think is, is like this. You can express it to the Lord. Lord, I know you're good. Help me to see what you see. Lord, help me to see what I'm not seeing. You can talk with honesty and with directness and specificity with him. And you can also discover whether you have been pulled away and the spiritual battle is trying to convince you that God is not good. And if that's the case, you've got to fight that. That's what Philippians is all about. That's what the instruction about being faithful with the little is all about. If you want victories, it's important to line your spirit up with the reality of who God is and what the scriptures say. Now, as I was thinking about all of this, it reminded me of playing chess in college with my roommate, Colber, John Colber. My roommate was a chess master. He was, he was a chess master with ranking in Illinois. I, on the other hand, was a hack. I was a chess hack. When I was in high school, I could beat my friends more often than not. Most of the time, I could win. But whenever I played Colbert, it was an entirely different matter. And usually, what Jonathan would do is he would let me make some moves that I thought were pretty good. And I would start feeling like I am making real progress. And I even thought, now I've got him on the run or something like that. And then he would make one or two moves that I hadn't even imagined, and suddenly it was checkmate. And I lost every time. How many times? Every time. Every time. He saw much further ahead than I did. I thought I was making progress because what I thought I needed to see encouraged me, 
But in fact, he saw far beyond what I could see. And every time he would win. It was just like that. It reminded me also of a story uh, a friend told about her, her young son who loved to watch the, the Bambi movie, the, the Disney movie. He didn't quite understand how things worked in life, but they had this video of the movie. And some of you may be more familiar with it than I am, but there's like an opening scene where the Bambi's mother, I think, is killed by hunters, something like that. Every time this little boy would see this happen and he would go, oh no, not again. <laughs> he kept thinking that the story would change if he just watched it again. What was in his heart was not what the story was. He couldn't see what was ahead. He didn't understand that, but it just stuck with me. I've, I've remembered his attitude uh, for, for decades. And I realize that sometimes I'm the same way. I think we can all be the same way. Have you ever been surprised when it turns out that there is spiritual warfare in your life and there are spiritual attacks that are being waged against you? And why is it that when this happens, sometimes we go, oh no, not again. It's because we're like the little boy. And we are forgetting that there is always spiritual warfare. And that's why we need to always learn how to pray. We need to have our spiritual armor on, all the spiritual armor. We need to have eyes of discernment. We need to live every day as if we are in the middle of a battle. Well, the Lord sees further ahead than we do and he does not want us to be defeated. And so he protects us even from our own wrong sense of timing. I want to share with you a number of scriptures. You may just want to write these citations down or listen later to the podcast or to watch uh, the video of the live stream. Because these scriptures can be very useful to you. The Lord knows how to do things at just the right time. Romans 5, verse 6. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Messiah died for the ungodly. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. At just the right time, I heard you on the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now today is the day of salvation. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Oh, by the way, those of you who are, <clears throat> who are participating on live stream, when you write these citations in the comments sections to share them with others, I really appreciate it. Thank you for doing that. Galatians 6, verse 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Let's say together, at just the right time. At just the right time. 
Ecclesiastes 8, verse 5, the one who keeps a command will not experience anything harmful, and a wise heart knows the right time and procedure. Isaiah 60, verse 22, the least of you will become a thousand, the smallest, the mighty nation. I am the Lord. In its time, I will do it swiftly. And then the last in this series is Timothy chapter 6, verse 15. For at just the right time, Messiah will be revealed from heaven by the blessed and only almighty God, the King of all kings and Lord of all lords. Now I want to shift gears just a little bit. It's still connected, but I want to shift gears to this week's Torah reading that outlines different situations where someone is caught stealing. And it's, it's interesting that in every case, the thief or the kidnapper or whatever is described in Hebrew with a form of the word ganav. In, in Yiddish, it may be familiar to some of you, ganav. Ganav is uh, a Yiddish word that describes a thief, a dishonest person who tries to take what doesn't belong to them. In Exodus 22, there are several examples which call for the thief to make restitution. And restitution can mean restoration of something lost or something stolen to its proper owner, or recompense for injury or loss or repaying, sometimes with a penalty or a fine. So restore, repay, recompense, all these words express the deep meaning of the Hebrew. In Exodus 22, there is a Hebrew phrase, Shalem ya shalem. It's a word that is repeated. Shalem ya shalem. And this repetition in Hebrew is a way of expressing certainty. So it can be translated, you shall certainly make restitution. It's not good English, but another way of translating it is this. You shall make restitution by paying restitution. The root word in Hebrew is also the root word of shalom. How many of you know shalom? We use shalom in many different ways, but the, the root of it has to do with wholeness. And so in Exodus 22, it means something like this, you shall surely make whole or you shall surely or fully restore. And I think it's a really important idea. The God of Shalom makes a covenant of Shalom. He's committed to making us whole. There's a lot that's broken in us. There's a lot that's broken in our lives. There's a lot that's broken in this world. He wants to fix what's broken. And at the same time, he wants us to take seriously that he wants to fix things that are broken in our lives, and he wants us to take note of this and to keep it in our heart so that we can expect that what's broken can be fixed. That's really part of the good news. It's part of the new covenant. In Jeremiah 31, we are taught that we broke the Sinai covenant And that is 
Even though God was faithful to us, we were not faithful. We did not keep the Sinai covenant. And so the Lord says that he will renew the covenant, he will repair and he will restore, and it will be different. The covenant will be different, and the instruction of God and the Torah of God will be inside of us. It will still be the word of God objectively, but it will not just be something external to us. It will be in our hearts and in our minds. Now, there are times when believers only want forgiveness and they can be enthralled. We can be enthralled with the idea of forgive and forget what some people have called sloppy agape. <laughs> but I want to tell you something. Sometimes forgive and forget won't fix anything. This Torah portion that speaks about restitution and making things right is just an example of something. The prophetic scripture in Jeremiah 31 Chapter 31, verse 31 and following, which speaks about breaking the covenant and then needing a new covenant and needing renewal and needing change in us. This is not just forgive and forget. This involves real change and making things right. So sometimes forgive and forget doesn't fix anything. And there are moments when someone may come to you and they only want forgiveness. But they need to be told something like, first, fix what you broke, then come back to me. And if you're not hard-hearted, in other words, when forgiveness is appropriate, you generously give it. If you're not hard-hearted, there are times when it's important to tell someone you got to fix what you broke. You got to fix it first. And in the same way, there are times when we ourselves need to humble ourselves with genuine contrition. Instead of just asking for forgiveness, we can ask, what do I need to do to fix this? What do I need to fix? And that's part, I think, of the lesson of Exodus 22. The scripture is very realistic. People will steal. People will take what is not theirs. People will be unfaithful. Let's be realistic, that's part of life. So what do we do? And I think what's important is that we keep in mind the power of restitution, the power of restoration, the power of redemption, because we serve a God of redemption. And he leads us on a path of recovery and restoration and renewal. And so it's important for us to take it to heart. When we recognize that someone really does want to fix something, and they put their heart and their effort into fixing what they broke, it can rebuild and redeem a relationship. It can heal. It works in all ways. It's not just people who have done harm to you, but people who you have done harm to as well. People who have been hurt, 
in either direction. It works this way with the Lord also. There are times when we may be going to the Lord and just saying, please forgive me, and he's saying, yes, but fix it. I want you to change something. I want you to fix something. I want you to rebuild something. I want you to repair something. What's important is for us to get this in our heart, that the Lord wants to redeem. It's not just forgive and forget. It's not just sloppy agape. It's not just uh, use the grace of God for forgiveness, but use the grace of God for restoration. Use the grace of God for strength. And I love how Isaiah speaks about all of this prophetically. Isaiah chapter 51, verse 11. Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion and everlasting joy will be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. So Mishpacha, if you have a relationship with the Lord, if you have put your trust in Yeshua, I want you to remember some of the good news that Yeshua himself has proclaimed and that the prophets of old have proclaimed. Broken hearts can be healed. Broken relationships can be healed. Broken families can be healed. Broken bones and broken promises can be fixed. Let's keep this in our heart. Let this shape our prayers. Let this shape our attitudes and our expectations because we can be overflowing with hope and faith and confidence in God. And I believe that this is a time of restoration and this is a time of renewal and recompense and recovery and revival and more. And so we want to be on God's side for this. We should not be surprised when we see situations where restitution is needed. We should be on the side of redemption for that. It's not just forgiving, but it's giving a path for restoration. Forgiveness that includes restoration is really at the heart of God. Let's pray according to Colossians chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. Above all these things, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together perfectly. And the, let the shalom, which comes from the Messiah, be your heart's decision maker, for this is why you were called to be part of a single body. Thank you, Lord, for the good news of Messiah. Thank you, Lord, for reviving us and renewing us and restoring us. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us back to you, to your people Israel. Thank you, Lord, for raising up shepherds for the house of Israel. Thank you, Lord, for making us whole. Thank you, Lord, for restoring Jewish people who have come to faith in Yeshua, but have set aside their Jewishness, not knowing what to do with it. But you are bringing them back to their Jewishness and their faith in Yeshua. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you for the wholeness that you bring us in Messiah. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to close now. I want to ask you to rise and...
I want to say thanks again for all the words of encouragement that people are giving. Keep those words of encouragement coming. They mean so much to us. And I want to tell you that we are so grateful for your financial support with your tithes and your offerings. And thank you for contributing to our Israel Emergency Fund, our ONEG Fund, and our Safety and Security Fund. And special thanks to those who have been making generous New Year contributions. You are helping us move forward in 2024 with strength, and I just want to say thank you so much. And if you want to support Beth Israel financially, you can go to our webpage, bethisraelnow.com giving for all the details about our online giving platforms, Giving Fire and PayPal, and our mailing address for checks and your bank bill pay services. We're going to close with Aaron's blessing. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha Ya'er Adonai p'navelecha v'ichnecha Yisa Adonai p'navelecha v'yasemlecha Shalom. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace in the name of Yeshua. So from Sandy and me and all the Mishpacha at Beth Israel, thanks for joining us. Shabbat Shalom, everyone.